This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning live from the TGT Stadium, keeping you up to date with everything Arsenal and, of course, everything surrounding the transfer window. As we draw closer to its conclusion, however, we are emboldened and invigorated by the return of the Premier League season in which Arsenal managed to get off to a perfect start with a 2-0 victory over Crystal Palace. Uh, apologies for my absence over the last couple of days, as most of you that were tuning in over the last week will have known. Uh, I've been away on my stag do. Um, I am in incredible amounts of pain. <laughs> I'll talk more about that after the news, because I don't want to waffle on for too long about that, because I know how precious time is for so many of you. So without further ado, let's say good morning to people joining us in the chat box today. Matt G, good morning to you, to Kaiser, to Anthony, to Sean. Uh, I have kind of, to a certain degree, recovered at least. Lee, good morning. Kieran, Olu, hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Paul, good morning. Jose, Stevie, Drag, Marcus, Colin, Amir, good morning. Uh, I have indeed survived. Uh, but thank you so much, guys, for, for coming uh, and uh, and joining me. And yes, Dan, back to it. We're in black on the normal morning shows. <laughs> what else would you expect? Uh, nothing is the correct answer. Let's uh, let's jump on and talk about the news stories for today. Of course, Arsenal winning has to take the first spot. Um, thankfully, you know I'm going to be able to watch the Leicester City game and going to be able to do a live reaction show straight after. It's on a day off for me, quite thankfully. So uh, more coverage around the game than you had for the Crystal Palace game, I promise. Uh, as I said, I was away, but I did get to watch it. And yesterday... Uh, we did a return show. I was joined by Albert from Albert JTV to talk a little bit about um, this and talk about the game and talk about it a lot more. So I'm not going to go into loads of detail here, but of course it was a really solid performance in the end. The first half in particular was a real standout. And in the second half where Palace inevitably were going to get more of the ball and we're going to dig in. They are at home. They're a very good Premier League team. It was always going to be that they would eventually have some periods of 
of positivity, we dealt with them really well. And when we were called upon in those really big moments, Aaron Ramsdale pulled off a couple of massive saves for us. Ben White dealt with uh, Wilfred Zaha really well. And William Saliba put in a man of the match performance. But as I said, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on the game, then go and watch my review of that from yesterday. United, however, could not pull off an opening day victory and instead fell to a 2-1 defeat at home to Brighton. Now, this is a Brighton side, of course, without Eve Basuma and without Mark Kukurea. Uh, it has been uh, quite amusing to watch how bad they were. They were utterly, utterly poor, and quite like Dan, my day was brightened up by the results, certainly, indeed. Um, it's just It's great to see, but what I would say is one of the things, despite the the amusement of Manchester United losing standing out was the poor VAR decisions continuing into a brand new Premier League season. Not only was Scott McTominay not sent off for this horrific tackle, um, but also Brighton somehow weren't awarded a penalty for a clear foul in the box that should have been overturned. It was exactly the same decision. If you remember back to the uh, arsenal severe game in the Emirates Cup when Karim Rekic bundled over, I think it was Bakayo Saka on the right-hand side, it was exactly the same, um, and it wasn't given. It's just that lack of consistency once again in the Premier League, and it does not set a good tone for a new season, seeing these decisions once again got wrong. Um, hopefully, we see change very, very soon indeed. Now, Nuno Tavares uh, made his debut and scored quite the goal and received an 8 out of 10 from L'Equipe, a notoriously strict and harsh newspaper for ratings. Uh, as he made his debut and won that man of the match as well as they beat Horns. Uh, of course, we love the pronunciation of Horns. Uh, and I get to say it one more time because not only did Tavares get man of the match and score, but following Balogun, uh, who plays now for Horns, uh, also did score and got on the score sheet. It was an opportunistic finish at the back post after a cross into the box. I'm hopefully going to be bringing you some updates on both players uh, and their months away from Arsenal with uh, Ben from the Marseille View uh, throughout the course of the season. We'll be doing those shows every single month, uh, time permitting, of course. So make sure you're subscribed and you'll be getting a tactical breakdown loan report on each of, hopefully, as many of our loanies as feasibly possible. Speaking of our loanies, Charlie Patino made his debut for Blackpool as they lost to Stoke. Uh, he stood out in his small cameo coming off of the bench and has already taken to the hearts of Blackpool fans who have got a chant that I saw you've seen. I'm sure you've seen going around your social feeds. But in that game, Harry Clark scored for Stoke, who is, of course, also on loan from Arsenal. He's been playing for a bit in Scotland with Ross County and Hibs, but now has returned to play for Stoke and will hopefully be increasing his value even more playing in the Championship this season. The other 21s won 3-1 against Manchester United. Marquinhos got on the score sheet as well as Kyron Edwards who's returned from his small injury and Miguel Aziz and Tommy Asu also featured starting the game on the right-hand side as he builds back from his fitness problems. Interesting that Fabio Vieira though um, was not involved or Smith Rowe as well was not given any opportunities to play. Let's hopefully see some positives on those guys as they return from their fitness issues as well. Pablo Marie looked pretty certain to be joining Monza on loan with an obligation to buy should the Italian side stay in Serie A next year. However, Hellas Verona have come forward with a possible permanent offer that Arsenal would certainly be much more open to accepting. There is an expectation that Marie will make his decision very soon and it's now between Monza 
and Hellas Verona. Arsenal would, of course, prefer the permanent move. Uh, we're unsure on the specific details of a potential fee, and we'll get those to you as soon as we learn of them. But at the moment, it looks as though Pablo Marie will be joining an Italian side of either Hellas Verona or Monza. But for me, I think the permanent deal to Hellas Verona seems the one that Arsenal would be more inclined to accept at this stage. Lucas Torreira arrived in Istanbul to complete his move with Dries Mertens to Galatasaray. It's expected that he'll complete a move that will earn Arsenal around five million in addition to a couple of million worth of uh, bonuses. Uh, and hopefully this kind of draws an end to this saga. I mean, I say hopefully, it's almost certain you can see pictures like this. It'll be very shocking if anything goes wrong. In the final stage, an announcement is imminent on that one. A player that won't be joining Arsenal, though, is Ibrahim Sangara. Arsenal haven't seen any real strong links to the player, but he's a player that a lot of us have been discussing in our daily shows. So I thought it right to update you that he has signed a brand new contract with PSV uh, and uh, will sign that deal until 2027. And removing, of course, that buyout clause of around £32 million, there's an expectation that has now increased. So if Arsenal want to get hold of a player of the Ivorian's quality, then they will have to pay significantly more in the future, but certainly not during this transfer window. Timo Werner, who was linked with Arsenal by a number of outlets, Defensive Central in particular, is set to join RB Leipzig on a permanent contract. £25 million is the region, the figure that is expected to take place, basically halving what Chelsea paid not so long ago. A real disappointing uh, kind of spell in the Premier League. But Arsenal were linked with him, but he will not be on their radar, it seems, with the player expected now to join permanently with RB Leipzig. Uh, another player linked with Arsenal that will not be joining the club is Fabian Ruiz, who is expected now to join PSG this summer. This is a very Javier Pastore-type feel to this move, uh, and I think it's a good one on PSG's behalf. They'll be getting a very, very good central midfielder for a very decent price. Luis Campos, who is the famous recruitment specialist from Nice and Lille, uh, he uh, is now very much in the fold at PSG and has identified Fabian as a potential midfield star. And if he thinks he's a star, you can be sure that he's the right one to be signing. Uh, Gonzalo Gedge, there was rumours that Arsenal would be interested and could have been one of the teams that were supposedly putting in a major offer for the Valencia forward. We talked about him and our Nicola Pepe alternatives for Arsenal bringing in a wide forward that could play centrally. He, however, is expected now to join up with Wolves after they were revealed to be the team that had, in fact, made the offer to the Valencia forward. Uh, I think it's a very decent deal for Wolves to be doing, to be fair, and uh, should give them a lot more in attack. Unsurprisingly, another Portuguese player, though, of course, making their way to Molyneux. Yuri Tielemans has been discussed as well with David Ornstein speaking about the player. He spoke about both wingers and central midfielders. He said Arsenal want to do more business. I think they want to add a winger to what they've got and if they manage to get somebody in, I think they'll be pretty happy. Everyone will be asking, who is that winger? Well, we know they went in for Rafinha. I don't know who they're going for. Um, if they do bring in a new winger, it could depend on Pepe leaving the club. On Yuri Tielemans, he says he's a player that Arsenal like. Leicester City would sell with only a year to go on his contract, but there is no movement on that one yet. And I think Arsenal would need to let someone go if they bring someone in. Now, that could be Ainsley Maitland-Niles, of course, that we're talking about. But it seems to be from listening to a number of quotes from David Ornstein that he feels it would have to be Granit Xhaka leaving the club. Um, in regards to opening up a move for Yuri Tielemans. I'm not sure how how that really does affect things because Xhaka's going nowhere. I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles would probably be the one that has to move on before we move for Tielemans. We know that Torreira was part of that as well and he's now moved on. 
Ainsley Maitland-Niles, of course, of course, I think part of the squad that travelled to Crystal Palace, um, but he so far is not uh, at all uh, in the plans for the long-term future. And there's been plenty, supposedly, of inquiries for Maitland-Niles. So hopefully we can see some movement on this. Arsenal are getting plenty of players out the door in the coming days, and that means more time for movement into the club with just three or so weeks left of the transfer window. And finally, our headline story of the day, Football Insider initially reported, followed up by uh, a number of other reports claiming that Arsenal were linked and are working on a potential deal for Moussa Diaby. Now, it was said that Diaby had committed his future for at least the upcoming season to Bayer Leverkusen, and it would take a fee in the region of 50 to 60 million pounds in order to convince Diaby to join or leave at least Bayer Leverkusen. I talked a little bit about this with Albert yesterday on our match reaction show, and the general consensus was that spending this amount of money on a player that doesn't actually start for us right now, with Saka and Martinelli, for me at least, undroppable at this moment in time, is quite the risk. I, I like Diaby, don't get me wrong. He's added plenty of goals and assists to his time whilst with Bayer Leverkusen and had a really good record last year. But it's an incredibly big piece of investment to do for a player that, as I say, I'm not sure starts for us immediately. That said, adding plenty of quality and depth for this team is not something I'd ever turn my nose up at. I'm just trying to get my head around how realistic this is and how much sense this makes from the club's investment standpoint. It's a very, very decent player for that's for sure. And if these links increase, you can, you can of course, be sure that we'll be doing a tactical breakdown to give you further insight on who exactly Diaby is. But for now, we'll keep you updated and let you know if anything changes. But... At least at this point in time, we're going to hold off on that until we get some more credible uh, links suggesting that this is certainly one to watch for the closing weeks of the window. And that completes all of today's stories, uh, which means we're going to move to the second half of today's show and answering some of your questions in the chat box. Thank you for joining us. Already a thousand of you listening in. Thank you for returning after the brief hiatus over the weekend. And uh, make sure you join in with our questions in part two. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying. Let's go to Olu, who says, uh, Hey Tom, perhaps Smith-Rowe will now move permanently to the midfield and Diaby with the first choice left wing slash right wing. Is there a future for Emil Smith-Rowe in that left-sided number eight role? I'm not sure whether or not that is where he can play in the long term. We'll have to wait and see. I do think there is scope to try it but I'm just not sure that Smith-Rowe's future lies in a deeper central midfield role. Let's see. Reese says, Tom, do you think wingers from the German league don't cut it in the Prem? by Werner, Sancho, do you think Diaby will be the same? I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, Hummin Son has had a brilliant, brilliant career in the Premier League for Spurs, rather irritatingly. I don't think that we've seen enough of Bay yet. I don't describe Werner as a winger either, and Jaden Sancho... Uh, is playing for Manchester United. <laughs> there are, I think, you know, outside factors that affect all of those players. I don't think Bay is enough time. I don't necessarily think but by Bailey, uh, I think pronounced Bailey, or I'm saying Bailey, like the Manchester United centre back. But Bailey, I don't think is. Uh, I never saw him as a potential uh, success in in the Premier League. His style doesn't necessarily suit that of a Premier League winger that would in my view, succeed. So I'm not sure he would have been the right choice. But Hume on you look at what he's managed to do from a wide position coming in from by Leverkusen himself. So maybe 
Diaby can follow that kind of pathway coming from the same club into the Premier League. We'd have to wait and see. Uh, Bizarre says, do you think Pepe is staying? For now, there's no suggestion that he's leaving besides the fact that there's been talk constantly over the summer that he was open to a move and that Arsenal were open to selling him. But we've had no concrete links with anyone that says they're going to make an offer, no one that says they're going to come in and you know try and take the player away from Arsenal. So it does seem a little bit unlikely at this stage that that deal would happen. If anything changes, you can be sure, though, that we will be the ones to tell you. Uh, Moss, who currently sits at the top of our fantasy league, says Brentford got two Schmeichelless Leicesters. Uh, surely we're getting three points, Tom, and your Canada Gunnar Scarf made it to Selhurst Park, so it's a winner. Love that. I look forward to taking that off Harry's hands when I see him next. Thank you, uh, Chris, for bringing that in. I'm actually off for the Leicester game. I was a little bit annoyed that I didn't work that out sooner and get myself a ticket because that game is going to be sold out. But it's fine because we're going to be doing plenty of content surrounding that game. Perhaps, I was going to say perhaps a watch-along. I've never done a Premier League watch-along. I don't think I'm going to do that unless there's a ridiculous outcry for it. But uh, yeah, there'll definitely be a reaction on the whistle uh, at least. So I look forward to bringing you that. Uh, Gary Griffin says, Tom, given the fact that we have done transfers that are under the radar, do you think our sentiment target may not be the players that we've been linked with? I know that we've done a lot of work under the radar for players like Fabio Vieira, for instance. A lot of our sales have still come out of the radar and come out of absolutely nowhere at times. It would be quite a surprise at this stage of the window if still they've managed to keep the centre midfielder and winger, could be both of them, under wraps. That would be pretty impressive. I hope that's the case. Um, but do I think that it's the player that we've not yet been linked to? I'd be surprised if it was the player that we've not yet been linked to. But things can change very, very rapidly in this world. Uh, actually, it says, hypothetical question as we don't know the numbers, but would you sell Marie permanently to Verona now or accept hypothetically two to three times the fee for a loan slash obligation to Monza if they stay up? If it was an obligation... If they stay up and it was two to three times the figure, I think I would. Yes, I'd be more tempted to accept that financially for Arsenal. Um, it would depend on what, of course, uh, we're seeing uh, from the the Hellas Verona side of things. If they're offering a pitiful fee compared to what Monza are offering, that would, of course, change things. But we don't know the details. We don't know the numbers. And until that, I will hold off on making a potential um, a judgment on that one for now. Uh, let's go to Jason who says, what if Arsenal are waiting until we play Leicester as a final test for Tielemans? Who knows? That's going to be a very, very interesting game if Tielemans does, of course, feature. Uh, the timing of that fixture could not be set up more perfectly for an end-of-window rush. Uh, that's going to be the big, big narrative of the game. That's for sure. Uh, PJ says, morning, Tom. What you... <laughs> Let's try that again. Morning, Tom. What's your opinion of Martinez's performance? I don't think he can be compared to his price tag. You know, I said this about Ben White. Ben White was an investment of £50 million. Sandro Martinez is certainly an investment at £60-odd million. Pounds. I don't think I saw a £60 million player yesterday, but I didn't really see a £50 million player in Ben White a lot of last season. I saw a player that could potentially be worth that amount in the future. So it's the same. But Martinez, I think, does obviously lack the physicality side of his game that Ben White does have. I have concerns about how he may fear and you know deal with the, the Premier League. Is it the right choice with ending it going for Sinchenko? I mean, it looks at this stage to be, uh, especially considering Martinez is not a left-back by trade and Sinchenko certainly is more so than him. So let's see what indeed does change between now and the end of the season. There'll be a lot more talk in a fair few games' time with just one game not being enough to make a judgment on anyone as of yet. 
let's go to uh, Yugang says, from some well-known journalist comments, it seems like we are not looking to sign anyone unless first-team lads like Xhaka or Pepe move in the next 20 days. Not entirely true. Arsenal are still looking to do business. It's not fully in. It's not fully tied to Arsenal selling players. They want to do stuff. There is a plan for Arsenal to try and make signings. Nedu and Arteta have spoken themselves about Arsenal hoping to do more business before the window ends. I predicted one more signing. Let's see if that indeed does happen. But it still could be that Arsenal get their business done completed on deadline day. That would be an interesting one. I hope it's plenty before that because there's four more games before deadline day, of course. I hope that we get our business done rather faster than that. Uh, let's go to uh, Popham11, who says, if we are going for Tillman, surely we're going for him this week so he doesn't play against us on Saturday. Makes no sense to let him play against us knowing that we're after him. It only makes sense if there is another target that we, of course, don't know about that we are working on. Um, that is the only reason that we would not make that move before the game but I agree with you to allow Leicester a better player in their team before the game I don't know that said to allow Leicester an unsettled player in their team before the team that potentially wants to sign him play them might actually be a little bit of a psychological edge and maybe they even leave him out because of that fact we'll wait and see uh Kwan says let's hit the like button thank you mate he says i read a rumor that we're linked with sane i don't think he would be a bench warmer for saka he wants to start wherever he goes so we can bring that it makes sense uh he's not leaving Bayern munich this summer the ceo or someone very high up in Bayern munich has already come out and stated that he's not going anywhere this summer so no hope for leroy sane it appears at this stage uh to be moving on from Bayern. Uh, manu says realistically would we sell Xhaka, and for how much i don't think we will no, I don't think realistically we will sell Xhaka. If we do, they're going to ask for upwards of £20 million easily for him. I don't see why they would accept any less. And as a Premier League starting central midfielder, no matter your thoughts on the player, it's a, credible, it's, a, it's a testament to him and credit to him that it is going to be very difficult to find an upgrade on him this summer. Very difficult indeed. Uh, let's go to Aditya. He says, would you take Pedro Neto? Could be an indicator that Gedge was signed for Wolves and that might be on the market. Not yet prolific, but coming off an injury, he could be cheaper uh, before he explodes. Uh, I don't know because the injury situation last summer certainly means that there is a lot of question marks about how he's going to react to that, how he returns from that injury. Lovely piece of skill yesterday was highlighted in their game that I'm sure you've seen going around your social feeds. But for me, Neto, there are a lot of question marks on him. And I would, at the moment at least, hold off on a deal for Pedro Neto, who would probably also cost a ridiculous amount of money, as Wolves do tend to ask for silly figures for their players. Uh, let's go to uh, Olu, says Ivan Tony will be licking his lips ahead of next week's game against United. He will also embarrass Martinez. That's going to be a challenge for United, that's for sure. Uh, Naresh, fantasy stuff is in the video description as always. Uh, Sam says, I think we get Tillemans and another striker. Can't see us going into the rest of the season with just two strikers. What do you think? Uh, Sam, I don't think we're going to sign a striker. I think we could potentially sign a wide player that can also play as a striker, but I don't think you're going to see a number nine come in between now and the end of the summer transfer window. Uh, Jose, did you see the picture of Bellerin at the airport with the Betis gear? As far as I'm aware, that's an old photo that's been rehashed and reused to try and get likes and retweets 
So yes, I did see it. But as far as I'm aware, I blocked the account that, that put it up because he's trying to fool Arsenal players as far as I'm concerned. So yes, that's not true. Uh, Raf says, I think it's clear that the journalists just don't know what we're going to do. Ornstein based us going for a winger on the fact that we bid for Rafinha. I think we're waiting. Ju- they're waiting just like we are. And Raf, you're pretty much spot on. You know, Arsenal are doing a lot of work behind the scenes, as I reported exclusively earlier on in the window for Football London. There are strategies implemented and being put in place to try and limit the amount of information that leaks, at least from the side of Arsenal. They can't control the agents of the players that they are trying to sign, and they can't uh, control the other clubs of the players they're trying to sign. Information is always going to be leaked at some point. But thankfully, with the Fabio Vieira deal, as was shown, all parties were willing to keep that deal under wraps until it was next to done. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, and we'll move forwards. Uh, Hilmi says, uh, do you fancy to have Leandro Trossard? I was impressed with him in the game against Man United, but I was impressed with all of Brighton yesterday against Man United. It could be how bad their opponents were that highlighted how good they were. But he's an interesting player. And my mind is open a lot more to the idea of a left-sided player. But the thing with Trossard is he can't play as a centre-forward. And that is a real key aspect that I think we lack uh, in a player like him joining Arsenal. Uh, King, no, Gavi is not, I'm afraid, realistic. Barca will want to hang on to Gavi for as long as feasibly possible. So, no, unfortunately not. Uh, Vidal asks, is the James Madison deal still a go? No, I don't think so. He's an attacking-minded midfielder and we've already got Vieira, Smith-Rowe and Odegaard. It wouldn't make much sense to go for someone like him. Uh, let's go to Amira says, hi Tom, Xhaka has never been sent off for a second yellow, is that due to his discipline, if you know what I mean or are his first yellows mostly due to reputation, uh, I think the reason why he's never been sent off for a second yellow is because when he's on a se- when he's on a yellow he kind of does tone down his game the problem is, is when he's not on a yellow he's not toned it down and he can go and make some silly mistakes, so that's probably the reason as to why he's never been sent off for a yellow, he stays pretty calm when he's on the yellow but when he's not, it's kind of all anything goes for him at this stage. Uh, Jake says, Tom, do you think the hesitancy in getting Tillemans is because he's right-footed? No, because if you play someone on the left and they're right-footed, it gives you that invertedness that Arteta loves in Odegaard. So no, I don't necessarily think that it is. And to be fair, we have a lot of left-footed players and balancing things up probably would lean us more towards signing someone who is right-footed. Uh, Vanaduce says, after seeing Pepe in All or Nothing, when it comes to the test, are his performances linked more to his psychological state and he doesn't believe his own ability to success? I don't know because we've not really seen too much of Pepe in All or Nothing. The only thing that really stands out for me is the the memory test that he did when he was set and Arteta says, like, you look nervous. I don't think we've seen enough of Pepe yet so far to suggest that that's any kind of indication of, of his psychological state. We'll have to wait and see for what happens in the coming episodes this week. Uh, let's go to uh, Mo says, I wish the club would go for one more striker as I feel we need options up front in regards to style of play. I feel like someone like Ivan Tony would be good for us. The question over Ivan Tony would be, why would he join Arsenal knowing that Gabriel Jesus is going to start the majority of the games at number nine? Uh, Jamal says, uh, Memphis Depay, thoughts on a late offer? If it's for a one-year loan, sure. I have no issues with a one-year loan deal for Memphis Depay. But if it's on a permanent deal, just, just no. But as opposed to bringing no one in, and, I, and you know, if he's the option to bring in on loan, I'm fine with that for a loan deal. Uh, Bellingham next season, says Reese. I mean, we'd be having to get Champions League football to have any 
any chance uh, of that. Uh, Mud says, Yuri's heat map is really right-sided. That's because he's played there. You know, if you're watching for Belgium, he's played plenty on the left. He can play there. I think people get very obsessed by looking at heat maps or looking at more favoured positions and just overlook a player's versatility and ability in the potential of playing them on the other side. So, no, Mud, I don't think that's a problem. Hilmi says, Cody Gakpo, still linked, still said to be interesting Arsenal, but nothing in regards to a move or a bid or anything more at this stage. Uh, Harrison says, hi, Tom, how do you rate Milinkovic-Savic versus Fabian Ruiz? Oh, Milinkovic-Savic is clear, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. He's a world-class player, but Fabian, also very, very good indeed. Uh, Massive Bulele says, uh, Tom, where does Emil Smith-Rowe's uh, future lie at Arsenal as a starter? I, I don't know. I think it's obviously on the left for me more than it is as a number 10 but Martinelli being there, potentially another signing, is going to make things very difficult for Smith-Rowe. And I've said this, it's kind of my hot take for the season. Of all the players in our team, I feel Smith-Rowe would be the one that struggles for the most minutes. And he might be reliant upon a bad patch of form or an injury to one of the players in front of him to get more minutes on the pitch. Uh, Sojo Go So Slow says, do you guys think Paqueta would be a useful signing? I've increasingly, or rather decreasingly, I suppose, um, liked the idea of signing Paqueta. I do think that he's probably too similar to players that we have in the form of Vieira and Smith-Rowe and Odegaard. I think we should be looking to bring in more of a natural wide player than a Paqueta style before the end of the window. Uh, Marcus says, when will Vieira ever play for us? Hopefully soon. <laughs> hopefully soon. And this week will be key in hopefully him getting back onto the pitch and training properly. Uh, and that is where we are going to finish things. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning into the show. As always, I'll be back probably this evening, either here or on the Arsenal Lounge, as we usually do our shows on a Monday night. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. Thank you for joining me once again after a small break over the weekend. But we're now back and ready to go through it all over again. See you guys very, very soon. A fantastic start to your week. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.